Hi, welcome to Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Bob Larson. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. We have a great topic on our herd health edition of Bovine Science with BCI because we're going to focus on a frequently asked question looking at what do we do with those bulls that were previously good, a mature bull, then we test him for BSE, and now he's gone bad. And there was a great review paper that was done recently by Jennifer Kojal and Colin Palmer talking about the pathophysiology diagnosis and management of testicular degeneration in the bull that was published in Society for Therio. Yes. And I want to get your opinions on this paper, but I'll start out, maybe give us a little bit background on how big of an issue is this? Well, I, I really do like this paper. I think it's a really good review of an important topic. Uh, I actually wish there was more research going on uh, in the area of bull fertility, but they did a great job of, of really reviewing what was available. Uh, and I do think this is an important problem. Uh, as a veterinary practitioner, uh, we fail a fair number of, of mature bulls who were successful breeders in the past but are not successful by the time we evaluate them. And that might be at the end of a breeding season, you know, as an investigation of why the breed up wasn't very good, or it may be prior to the start of the breeding season to make sure that the bulls are fertile before we turn them out. And whenever we fail a bull because of testicular degeneration, the, the common follow-up question is, well, what caused it? And what's the prognosis? Will he get better or not? And this paper really does a pretty good job of going through the most common causes as well as really the prognosis and the likelihood that the bull will recover. Yeah, and I think that's important information. And what we're going to do is as we kind of work through that same process as the as the paper did, we're going to talk through because just like you said, mature bull comes in, fails the BSE, really want to know what's his prognosis? Should I do something different with him? But I want to back you up one step and I want to define testicular degeneration. Give me, give me what that means compared to any other diagnosis that we may have. Yeah. So, and this is kind of a detail, but it's, it's important. It's basically in bulls that we know that they were fertile in the past. In other words, their, their testicles or seminiferous tubules were functioning well. They're making good quality sperm in the past and now they don't. Uh, and that's to, to differentiate it from, say, a young bull that we are, you know, we don't know what his uh, sperm producing capacity is and, and quality is because he's never really had a breeding season. So we're talking about a bull that we know that those testicles were functional, um, but now they're not. And so that, that implies basically some sort of an insult that changed the situation. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the pathophysiology. How, do, how does this happen? Um, what we do know is there's, there's a couple of different ways that this happens. One is as a response to injury or stress, which basically, and the way we're going to talk about it is it affects the hormonal control of sperm production and maybe most directly at the level of testosterone. So quality sperm production requires high levels of testosterone bathing those seminiferous tubules and stress and other insults will decrease the level of testosterone in the testicle itself. And so that's one cause. Another cause is uh, heat damage, basically thermoregulation. You know, in, in bulls, they have a pendulous scrotum. It's really important that testicular temperature is lower than core body temperature. And if we have either, you know, fat accumulation in the neck or wall of the scrotum, or if we have just extremely hot and humid weather, um, or a fever, anything that raises the, the body temperature 
or the temperature of those testicles will damage sperm. Then there's a few other things that, that happen occasionally and things like uh, in, uh, toxins or insults. So it might be plant toxins. Uh, they might be, uh, you know, bulls that are running in a, a pasture with uh, oil wells or something like that. Sometimes they can come into contact with petrochemicals. So there's different chemicals. So really the, the three are kind of a, an insult that affects testosterone levels. Uh, thermoregulation and some sort of a toxic insult. So when you talk about thermoregulation and, and thermoregulation, you, you mentioned that the testicles have to stay cooler than the body, but presumably is this the same effect if we have really cold weather or we get frostbite there? Does it cause the same type of thing or is it different? Um, a, a little bit different. Um, the A lot of times what we think is happening uh, with really cold temperatures is not so much an, a temperature insult, but the fact that we, we're working through the stress mediators. Uh, so the animal a lot of times uh, is stressed by the cold environment. Maybe uh, feed intake goes down. Just they're uncomfortable. And so we'll see a decrease in testosterone levels in response to that. Now, the, we, the reason I hesitated a little bit is we also know of those situations where we have some frostbite damage to the scrotum itself, where it's severe enough that you get adhesions between the scrotal wall and the testicles, and that can really harm proper thermoregulation. So, but that's going to show up after the the insult, the the cold weather insult. That that's weeks later, really, when we continue to see problems due to a thermoregulation problem, kind of tied back to that earlier cold insult. So and kind of my, my next question there is how, how long, like when you talk about the heat, are you talking about one hot day? Or are you talking about a hot summer? Does it, does it build up over time? Can I have mild heat over a lot of days? What, what are the factors there? Well, um, for something like heat, it does take a, more than just a, a day or two. Um, but it doesn't take a particularly long time to have a temporary insult. And that's one of the things we're probably going to focus on here in just a little bit is, well, how, how long was the insult that caused the testicular degeneration? And sometimes that, te- that insult is only a few days, in which case, actually, the, the, the problem is relatively transitory, and those bulls will recover pretty, fra- uh, pretty quickly. However, if the insult is prolonged, well, then a lot of times the recovery is prolonged. And so if you think about just a few hot days, that honestly might affect fertility, but we may not be able to detect that because they actually rebound and do pretty well pretty soon. And contrast that to uh, a long, hot summer or bull breeding late into the summer, um, that, that's where we see some effects that uh, are, are going to continue as long as m- most of the temperature is hot and, and humid. Okay. So... We have multiple causes leading to stress and and essentially resulting in less testosterone, which is the problem resulting in the testicular degeneration. So when you get a bull that presents like this, and we're talking about bulls that have previously passed a BSE, so we know they had adequate scrotal circumference, they had adequate sperm motility and morphology, now what do we see when you have one that comes in? Do we see differences in the scrotal size? Do we see differences in the palpation of the testicles or seminal vesicles? What are the, some of the clinical signs of a bull that has testicular degeneration? Well, the, kind of the, the three areas we might see. We might see a difference in uh, sperm cell morphology and motility. If we measured concentration, which we don't typically with electroejaculation, you, you might see, you would see decreased concentration. Um, 
And if severe enough, and if it's been going on long enough, you might detect a smaller scrotal circumference than the last time you measured him and testicles that palpate softly. Uh, as far as what you, if, if you were able to see the bull early in the process, you might only see differences in the sperm morphology and motility, and you wouldn't necessarily detect the soft testicles with a smaller scrotal circumference. But if I was to come back and look at that bull and the insult continued, that's when I would start to see maybe some of those physical signs that I could pick up on palpation or measurement of the scrotal circumference. So am I interpreting what you're saying correctly as kind of the, the sperm morphology and maybe more til- motility, but mostly morphology is kind of the, that's my go-to. If they, if there's a problem there, I've got testicular ge- degeneration. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and that's what I'm going to detect first. And it's probably what I'm going to monitor the, the closest. Although I, I, I'm, if I am looking at a bull and I've got his, the last time we did a BSE and his testic or his scrotal circumference is smaller than before. Uh, I am concerned and I'm going to look at that bull very closely. Okay. But it, but he wouldn't, but you would expect if there's actually a problem, we'd see something in the sperm morphology. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if he had a smaller scrotal circumference and the morphology was good. That, that would not make sense. I would expect uh, morphology problems in a bull whose scrotal circumference is smaller than the last time I measured him. So are there specific, there's lots of different defects that sperm can have. When you see testicular degeneration, are there specific defects that we see more often than others? Not really. Um, basically, the, the common ones we see, you know, uh, misshapen heads, proximal droplets, distal mid-piece, mid-piece reflexes, those types of things are the are the the defects we're going to see regardless of kind of what the cause was. Now, kind of the mixture of those might have to do with how long ago the insult recovered. And with some of our toxins, we can see some specific defects. Um, and probably the most common one that people are aware of is Gossipol from cottonseed holes has a kind of a, a typical mid-piece problem uh, that's associated with that toxin. And, and to be honest, with some other toxins as well. But for the most part, let's just say that the the type of sperm defects we see are the common ones we see in bulls just at higher concentrations. And it may be well over half of the sperm cells have morphologic defects when we have um, um, testicular degeneration. And I think I know based on what you just said, but are there, other than the toxins that you mentioned, are there any specific defects that would make me go, oh, well, this was heat stress or, mm-hmm. oh, this was a, another type of stress with that bull? No, no, we don't tie specific stresses with specific morphological defects. We're just saying that those defects really are associated with when in the production of that specific sperm cell did the insult occur in that that one's manufacturing process. Okay, so now I'm going to flip it the other way and say, well, are there certain types of defects? We haven't talked about prognosis, and we will, but are there certain types of defects that make me go, ooh, if he's got this it's really bad. If it's mostly distal mid-piece reflex, or if it's mostly proximal droplets, or if it's mostly something else, does that make me say, ooh, his prognosis is better or worse, or do I know that at that point? In, in this, no, not in this scenario, when we're talking about bulls that were previously fertile, and, and now we have testicular degeneration, I'm not really going to make my prognosis based on the defects I see. Um, I'm going to make my prognosis based on how soon I can solve the underlying problem, can I solve it completely, um, and 
I'm going to monitor those bulls over time because I would expect as he kind of comes back into production that the percentages of, of those different defects will change as he moves from, um, you know, good to bad quality morphology back to better again, that the percentages of those defects kind of change. And it all has to do with timing, not specific insults. Some of those, you talked about the underlying problem and can we solve it? Well, if it's heat, that one sorts itself out. Yes, it does. <laughs> over time, depending on what part of the country you're in, depends on when it goes away. But, but it leads me to the thought of, well, how long after a heat event might I want to wait or how long? Because I, I just remember from school, six, 60 days to make sperm. Mm-hmm. That's right. still right. That, right. That, that is still correct. That's good. Um, and it really depends on the length of the insult as far as how much of the seminiferous tubules have been damaged. Um, and so let me answer it a couple of different ways. A lot of times if I do an evaluation and we fail the bull due to morphology, the scroll circumference is still good and that the testicles palpate normally, then, and I've identified what the insult was, and maybe it was, it was particularly warm temperatures for a while, or maybe it was a disease syndrome, foot rot, pneumonia, something like that, where I can remove the insult and get the bull in better shape. And a lot of times the recovery time is, is that 60 days or less, you know, so it could be a month or so. If, however, we've degenerated to the point where scrotal circumference has shrunk and the, those testicles are palpably softer, um, we could be talking three, four, or more months before that bull is really able to uh, regenerate healthy seminiferous tubules. So it could, t- it could take a long time for this bull to come back, if ever? Are you saying yeah. if okay. ever? So let me, and, and I don't want to give percentages, but many, many of these bulls will improve to the point of being fertile again. Maybe not quite as fertile as they were before, but many of them will be equally fertile to what they were before if we give them enough time. And they remove the insult. And, they, and you remove the insult. But we may be, and the reason, time, the reason a lot of times we fail these bulls is because we don't have the time for this breeding season. There's a couple of exceptions. One is we also see testicular degeneration that is, that is age-related. And so the insult is really age. That's not going to get better, all right? Um, that insult's not going, well, there's only one way it goes away. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. So, and that's, yeah. And we'll see the same types of, of changes, uh, a, a scrotal circumference is smaller, some, uh, softness to the, the tone of the testicles as well as the morphologic changes. And if that's truly due to age, um, that, that won't get better. The other one is occasionally to some of these, uh, really severe insults, you'll actually get some structural changes in the, particularly the interstitial areas of the testicles where you get some fibrosis and things like that. That's not common, but it does happen. And that's what makes me a little bit guarded on a prognosis. If I was just to bet on percentages, and this isn't a bull that's particularly old, he will probably, so whatever that means to you, but probably recover given enough time. Um, But I would want to monitor him over time to make sure that I'm observing that improvement. And that's improvement in morphology and improvement in scrotal circumference. Um, but I know that sometimes those bulls don't recover and it, it progresses to basically non, uh, repairable damages in the seminiferous tubules. And I'm not particularly good at predicting when that's going to be. It just happens commonly enough that it makes me cautious when I give a prognosis. Okay. So let me give you, let me give you a scenario. I've got a high value bull. 
I am not as concerned if he's ready to breed this season, but if he comes back, it's worth it to me. So I'm willing to stick with him through six months, a year, if it takes that long to come back. Are there other diagnostics that I should do at this point that would better prognosticate? You, you talked about testosterone differences. Should I measure his level of testosterone? Would that be helpful? Should I do histopathology to identify if there's fibrosis? Are there any of those tools that would be useful? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to lead with not, I'm not commonly going to reach for other tools. We talk about you can do a testicular biopsy, and that does provide some interesting information. The problem with that is it's not without its risks to cause some testicular damage. And so that's why I don't reach for it particularly commonly. But it is something that in some situations you may want to look at. Um, with ultrasound, if you're kind of experienced looking at ultrasound images of testicles, a lot of times you can identify areas. Um, and, and sometimes I'm looking for something a little bit different than what we've talked about so far. So something like a, an abscess in the testicular tissue or a, a venous drainage problem or, or those types of things. Um, you have to be a little bit careful with testicular ultrasound, particularly in um, mature bulls, is there are kind of funky echoes and different things in there in perfectly fertile bulls, so I don't want to overinterpret it. A lot of times we will use something like an ultrasound machine or something like that to just kind of confirm what we think we're feeling with our palpation, but I wouldn't call it necessary as far as a further workup. Okay. So then if we may not have a lot more workup, we're, th we're thinking I've got this bull, and again, back to my scenario, we don't know if he's going to get better or not. Uh, besides removing the insult, any other treatments I should think about in this or therapies that I can do? Yeah, there's a few things that people have tried, but basically the answer is no. It is, is, is nursing care of the bull, put him in a comfortable environment, remove the insult, and give him time. Uh, you know, people have tried a few things like uh, GNRH or something like that because that will stimulate testosterone production. Uh, we, we don't see a lot of real benefit to that. So basically it's, it's uh, remove the insult and and take care of the the environment and the and the nutrition that the bull is exposed to. So essentially, this and you mentioned this is more common. We're talking about in older bulls. Do you have a feel for how often we see this? Um, that's a really well. I'll give you an answer. We think that uh, up to twenty percent of bulls um, perform poorly in the breeding pasture. Um, when we do our BSE, we hope that to bring that down. Um, but it doesn't go to zero. There's still some, uh, some bulls due to other reasons. So how common this, uh, on a, on an annual basis, uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's far, I would say it's far less than 20% of bulls, but it's probably more than, you know, 5% of bulls. So somewhere in that kind of upper and lower ranges of where we might see some problems. Well, and I wonder too, the, the age thing gives me some pause because there are, there are some of those bulls that you talk about. If we're only keeping them a short period of time, two, three, four years in service for whatever their breeding season capabilities are, we may not see the age-related changes. If we've got bulls that we're keeping in there longer, do you have a feel for when those age-related changes, what, what's the... What's it? What's old for a bull? Is yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah, uh, and that's a good question. And uh, I would agree that many people turn their bulls over quick enough that we don't really see those age-related changes. But you can start to see them uh, occasionally in bulls that are five or six years old. But certainly, as they get older than that, is when we start to see um, 
Uh, Which is interesting because five or six years old, that's the prime of life for a cow. She's she's really fertile. She's doing great. Right. And I wouldn't say that's when I'm really concerned. It's just that's when you could start seeing it. But And that's and it's really because we don't see 10-year-old bulls very often. Um, if we did, I think we'd detect these age-related changes more commonly, but we just don't see bulls that age. No, absolutely. So testicular degeneration, great paper here to go through and lots of good concepts. And I know you've done work with bulls as well, talking through this process. The important part, if you're in the field, is it happens in after an insult or injury, heat, older, anything else, disease, illness that can go along with that. And we may not see a specific sign, but we'll see changes in the sperm morphology. It's not a specific defect that occurs. Uh, you may or may not see changes in testicle size, softness, firmness of those testicles. Uh, and then the long-term progno- prognosis is actually pretty good if it's not age, is what I heard. Yeah, you agree I, with it, that? I would agree with that, with the caveat that don't ever promise, because there is a certain percentage of these a certain percentage of these bulls that are probably not going to fully recover or even sufficiently recover. And I don't know for sure which ones those are. So what we tend to do is give the bull some rest, remove the insult, and then do some timely reevaluations of semen morphology and scrotal circumference. And what I'm looking for is improvement, you know, kind of back to where we were before. And I get discouraged if, you know, I've given the bull a rest uh, for four or five, six weeks and I retest the semen morphology, and I don't see an improvement, um, that concerns me greatly. He doesn't have to be back to normal that quickly, but I certainly want to see some improvement. Yeah, and and depending on the size and scope of the injury is how long that will take to come back or the insult that that bull had. And and that's where you talked about. If I need him for this season, and we're checking him two weeks before the breeding season starts, Probably not happen. For Probably the, not going to happen that quick. So it, it depends on the specific scenario. So appreciate you coming to share this information with us, and hopefully that was useful to you as well.